Two hours down. We got two more to go. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show continues on. Again, for those of you on the network, if you're listening in, you're thinking, boy, he sounds a little off today. You're right. Although on Monday, uh, sort of feeling kind of icky. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, all negative tests, so I'm good. Just got more of a, I think there's like a little bug, like a flu going around. I got that. But since we work at home, it's like, eh, you know what? Get up, go to work. Throw on, uh, throw on a pullover, T-shirt, sweatpants, you're good to go. So we did, and we're here. Glad to be here. Joining us now on the uh, on the hotline, our good buddy uh, Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette hanging out with us. Pete, how you doing? Yeah, you got to play Hurt Bill, right? Yep, yep. That's exactly what we're doing today. Got that coming up. Uh, later on this yeah. evening, too, we got another one. We got a huddle show tonight, so two hours from 6 to 8 out on the road. So we'll be out doing that as well. But getting to the guy is a bum, because I'll be down in Racine tonight, halfway between Green Bay and Chicago. Uh, where it could get quite contentious. Uh, you have seen, you know, Hub Arkish. We've all seen him in the in the press box up at Lambeau Field, uh, whether it's sitting down and saying hello to him, having dinner with him, or just kind of shaking a hand and BSing a little bit. Hub Arkish had some strong words for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers had strong words back to, to Hub Arkish. Give me your thoughts when all of this transpired. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, I you know, I don't know Hub very well. I think I had, I remember having a long, conver- you know, 20-minute, half-hour phone conversation uh, with him, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I was doing something on the Bears. I know him enough to say hi. I know he's, you know, from what I know, he's a really well-respected guy. He's been, um, you know, covering the league for a long time. I think he's considered knowledgeable and well-connected and all that stuff. Um, the thing I don't get is, you know, I, I personally just don't see how you could, how you would not vote for a guy just because you think he's a jerk um, if you have the MVP vote. Now, the AP doesn't define, doesn't give them any criteria. It's just they basically let them define what MVP means. So they can use whatever reasoning they want. But I think you just, you got to vote for the guy. Even if you think he's a jerk, you got to vote for the guy who had the best season as the best player. I mean, I voted for at least, I'm on the Hall of Fame committee. I've voted for at least one guy who, you know, probably is not a real good guy, but I enthusiastically voted for him because I thought he was a great player. Um, so that, I just, I, I don't get why. Um, you know, Hub Arkish wouldn't vote for Rogers for that reason. I just think that's really poor, uh, poor reasoning. That was my that was my major takeaway from it. And then the reaction by Aaron Rodgers uh, to call for him not to have a vote and uh, you know calling him a bum and and now look, uh, Hub Arkish going all the way back to when I was a part of the Packers radio network. Hub's been a part of that radio network for a long, long time. He's worked many a sideline for Westwood One. He's worked with Kevin Harlan over the years on the radio calls uh, to say nobody knows of this guy. I don't know if Aaron legitimately doesn't know or he's just throwing him under the bus, but give me your thoughts on the reaction from Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, if I can ask you first, because uh, you, you obviously then know Hub a lot better than I am. I mean, is do you have a lot of respect for him? Do you think he knows football and is well? I think he knows. I think he knows. My... Yeah, I think he knows football tremendously. I I hear him all the time on six seventy the score in Chicago. He was the Bears sideline reporter. He's done national stuff. Like I said, uh, Kevin Harlan calls him one of the best analysts out there. I've I've heard Kevin call him that. Uh, very good friend of Wayne Larravee. I mean, and that's how I kind of got to know Hub over the years. And very very well connected. And he's run Pro Football Weekly as the chief editor for years and years and years. So. Um, to say that he is into football would be putting it mildly. Now, I agree with you on the comments, though, 100%. But I think anybody that's that's been involved with football in the last 25 years probably knows something of Hub Arkish. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely knew who he was in Pro Football Weekly, you know, 
especially I started covering the team in 93. That was still a big publication, really well-known and respected. Um, so, I mean, Rogers is obviously really pissed. I don't blame him. You know, I would have been too if I were him. Um, I don't think I would have called for the guy to lose his vote. Um, I don't think the guy should lose his vote because of that. I mean, that, yeah, I just don't, the guy's been voting for all these years. He says one dumb thing. I don't think he should lose his vote because of that. Um, I actually think, I think Rogers is going to win it either way, but this probably Mm -hmm. helps him now. I mean, it probably turns a little sympathy with maybe some voters towards him. I just, I find it hard to believe there are more than a couple voters out there who would, uh, uh, who would have the same feelings as Hub Arkish and not vote for him for that reason. My, my strong guess is a very huge majority of them are just going to vote for whoever they think had the best season. And really, you know, I don't know what you think. I, Burrow is the one guy who maybe you could consider voting for other than Rogers. I just think he's done a little too little, a little too late, but so I think Rogers, you know, is pretty clearly should, should be the winner. Um, That's just my opinion. I do. I I agree with you. I think that Joe Burrow, uh, you could look at Jonathan Taylor and the way he's really kind of put the Indiana Colts or the Indianapolis Colts on his back. I mean, Cooper Cup has had a hell of a year, but usually you don't give it to a wide receiver. So I I would agree that Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion anyway, is the front runner. Um, But as you head into the postseason now, he feels very strongly, him and Devontae, that they want to play. They are going to play in this upcoming game. If you are Matt LaFleur, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. If they end up injured, man, you're going to be roasted. But I think it's something that Ron Wolf told me years ago and said, hey, if I'm going to get roasted, I'd rather get roasted going down swinging than going around playing afraid. So would you play Rodgers? Would you play Adams? Would you play, you know, Kenny Clark or Devondre Kemp? Would you be playing these guys in this contest, or would you just play them a little bit and then get them the hell out of there? Yeah, I would do I would do the latter. Um, I would not sit them. You know, like in the preseason, I'm all for sitting everybody, sitting 30-plus if that's what you got to do. Um, you know, 30 plus players, which is what LaFleur did. Even if it's one of the reasons you get blown out in the opener, I think you still do it. But now their, their next game is, uh, after Detroit is winner go home. So you don't have any room there to lay an egg. And one week off is great. Two weeks off is too much and you can start getting rust. That'd be three weeks from game to game. I think it's really important that all the players approach the practice week like they're playing and watching film and practicing like they're playing so they stay sharp. And then I'd get them out there. I don't know exactly what, how long I'd play them. I'm thinking the first quarter, maybe most of the first half, and then I'd get them out of there. Maybe just the first quarter. I'd, you know, have to consult. Um, mm-hmm. I'd consult the trainers and the players and all that on, on that. But I think LeFleur is – look, some teams would do – some teams would sit them. A lot of teams do. A lot of teams have. Um even though it would be two, two basically giving them two weekends off instead of just one. Um, but I personally would want them out there, would want them want to get their engines primed and playing at game speed so they didn't have three weeks between games. Were you surprised that we saw Josh Myers in the practice field yesterday? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, st- I'm kind of past being surprised by any of this stuff because they keep saying guys are coming back and sometimes they're in practicing, sometimes they're not. Um, I just wonder if they'll play him if he, let's say, he's healthy to go for the playoffs. I mean, he's a rookie. He's missed a lot of playing time and missed a lot of valuable snaps. Do you put him out there at that important communication position, or do you stick with Patrick in the divisional round? I mean, I don't think that's a, you know, that's not a no-brainer call, even though Myers was the starter. 
Then go over to Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander. I mean, I think Jair is probably on the cusp of playing, and Bakhtiari, uh, as Matt LaFleur stated today, had a really good practice yesterday. He's not going to practice today, and then when it was asked, he kind of had that sheepish grin. I don't know specifically what he's thinking, but I think you got to get Bakhtiari out there, don't you? If you can, yeah. Now, though, I even wonder. I mean, he's such a good player. Let's just say he doesn't play this week. So, do you play him? Do you play him in the divisional round? I've been, in fact, that's what I've been working on for a couple of days here. Was these guys, you know, trying to find out what people around the league would do. And you know, Bakhtiari is so good. Maybe in the divisional round, if that's his first game back, maybe you just put him out there anyway because he's a better, he's the best guy you got and the most talented guy. But I don't think it's a no-brainer. Because Nyman was playing okay, and you know, in a in a win or go home game, you know, what if Bakhtiari just isn't real sharp and right. um, gets beat for a key sack or two? So I, you know, I don't know what I would do. I guess it's a good, you know, that Stenovich appears to be a really good offensive line coach. I'm sure the call is primarily his, his and Lafleur's. So, um, you know, the decision is probably in pretty good hands there. Talking with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Now moving forward, this game, I know it's somewhat meaningless, but still, if you're Matt LaFleur, you'd like to add that extra win to your resume. You'd like to win with Jordan Love, obviously. So tell me what you're expecting out of Jordan Love this weekend because you know you're going to see him. Yeah, I, you know, if I'm the Packers, I'm just hoping he looks a lot more comfortable than he did against the Chiefs. Um, he just didn't look – comfortable he looked like things were going too fast for him a little bit of you know a little bit of deer in the headlights i i would just hope that he would appear much more comfortable from the start of the game uh, whenever he gets in than he did in that last game and that he gets he moves the ball up and down the field uh a lot better than he did against the chiefs he really they really didn't do anything until what was that basically early fourth quarter mm-hmm. right and then finally they put a few points on the board and it was just too little too late. Um, I want to talk about Moore for a minute. They picked Moore up off a of practice squad. He comes in. He does a better job of returning punts than anybody's done all season long. Do you you keep him around and say, this is going to be our guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what to say because, you know, I can't, like, he had a, I don't know if you could tell on TV, but, you know, the punts that he caught were low, so he had a lot of room to run. Now, he did a good job. One, he looks really comfortable catching the ball. And two, he did a good job of just getting upfield which, uh, you know, basically had been a had been a problem, you know, with Amari mm-hmm. Rogers, too much side-to-side stuff. Um, I, I didn't think Moore looked super dynamic. Now, maybe I just was missing something there. But I guess the big thing is if he's, if he's with how comfortable he looks catching the ball, I'd be inclined to probably stick with him just, you know, just to avoid the turnover. How good is this team going into the postseason, in your opinion? I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NFC. Obviously, if the Cowboys play a really solid game, they could be a really tough out. If Arizona, same thing. They could be a tough out. L.A., we know what the prowess of their defense is. Give me the teams that you think that really match up well with what the Packers offer. I still think Tampa matches up really well and it would be a big problem because their front seven is so good and – they can stop the run. The Packers want to run the ball. I think Tampa's. I don't. I don't think statistically they are, but I think they're the hardest team in the league to run on with that front seven. And they rush the quarterback really well. They're getting a couple cornerbacks who had missed most of the season. They're getting them back. Um, now losing both Brown and Godwin is a big loss. They, you know, they really needed one of those two. Um, but I still think they're a really dangerous team for the Packers. The Cowboys have a good pass rush and good corners. 
So that makes them, you know, the kind of team that would have the stuff that it would take to beat the Packers. So both of those teams, I think, are the are the biggest threats. The uh, the the mood in Green Bay seems to be one of almost you're biting your nails, you're kind of holding your breath. But I think there's a level of confidence with this team. And Aaron Rodgers, it's, I've been saying it all along: you got to be good, you got to be lucky, you got to be healthy, and you got to get hot at the right time. It seems like they're starting to get a little healthier. It seems like they're hot at the right time. Is there a – I'm not going to say a mood of invincibility, but is there a mood of, hey, I, we believe we got this this year? You know, I, there seems to be a little bit of a feel of, you know, this is our year kind of thinking for them. It's, it's, you seem to have that. No, I thought there was some of that last year too, and we all saw how that turned out, but maybe they – you know, learned a little something from last year, too. That home field for that championship game doesn't guarantee anything. You know, at this point, if they get any one of those three guys, Bakhtiari, Smith, Alexander, if they get any one of those guys back, they'll have helped their team because those are three really good players. And it sounds like Alexander's probably going to be back, and Bakhtiari is a real, you know, at least a maybe at worst. Um, so, could you know, if those guys are pretty sharp pretty quickly – that would definitely uh, definitely help. But, yeah, I think they're good enough uh, either way. They have a lot of talent on that team. What hope do you have, if any, for Sidarius? Yeah, you know, I was hearing in October that they thought mid-December was at least, you know, reasonable, like a, a realistic possibility. And the fact that he hasn't started even practicing yet, I would think that makes things look – that looks make the odds look pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, I guess if I just, you know, if I absolutely had to bet yay or nay, I guess I would say nay, but you know, I guess we don't know maybe three, if they're still alive, maybe three weeks or a month from now, he's on the field. Pete, always good stuff. We appreciate it. And we'll talk uh, again soon as the uh, postseason approaches. Okay. All right. Sounds good, Bill. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, pal. Talk to you later. There you go. Pete Doherty, Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Uh, great to talk to Pete and uh, get his opinion on all of this. Good stuff. Uh, I agree with him, by the way, on Zedarius. I've said it all along. I thought that Zedarius, he had to have been on the court by now. Or on the court, on the uh, field by now. Had to have been on the field by now if you were going to see him at all for the remainder of the season. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I still think there's a likelihood, uh, again, of Jair being the most likely, Bakhtiari, then Josh Myers, maybe Billy Turner, if you want to throw Billy Turner into the mix, because we didn't really talk about him, but uh, Billy Turner could possibly be back even before Bakhtiari if he uh, tests out of the COVID protocol, that maybe Billy Turner is back. Uh, if not, you can flip-flop him and Bakhtiari as far as level of confidence goes and then kind of go from there. But I, man, no Z on the field, man. It's, uh, it's, it's I, I think you're almost shutting the door on that. I mean, he's at least playing in a position where he came, where if he did come back, he could come back as a pass rush specialist, where he could just play on third down or what have you, you know, in certain situations. But uh, it's not like being a, a left tackle, that's for sure. But still, I think uh, the likelihood of seeing him, as many people continue to ask, what about Zedarius? I, I think the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is really beginning to fade. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
We continue on the Bill Michaels Show on this Thursday. Hey, reminder, the uh, the huddle's back out tonight. Huddling up tonight. And uh, tonight, uh, Angry, Brothers Pro, uh, Angry Brothers Pub on uh, Washington Avenue in Racine. That's where you can find us tonight. Angry Brothers Pub. Good stuff. Good place, too. Uh, next week, it is the famous Brat Stop in Kenosha. Going to be down there. And then after that, the, uh, the the infamous Club Paragon, Highway 100 in Greenfield. Root River Center in Franklin after that. And then we go on from there as the season continues to wind down. So good stuff. We're going to be out in the belt with a few more uh, huddles before the uh, season comes to an end. So Angry Brothers Pub tonight, 6 to 8 tonight, as a matter of fact. All brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Hey, here's something for you. At least you're not um, – at least you're not – a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Trevor Lawrence was asked yesterday about the fan revolt. Now, fans are going to, at least on, on Facebook, on social media platforms, have gotten together to have a, quote, revolt uh, against the owner, Shad Khan. Apparently, the fans in Jacksonville, when they attend the game this coming Sunday, they are going to dress as clowns to show their disdain for the owner. Oh, every one of their profile pictures right now is a clown face. So you look across there Twitter. You go. Yeah. Uh, every one of who's uh, the the fans? Jaguars fans. Jaguars. Fans, you see yeah. one Jaguars writer tweet something, and then every reply is the same clown face. Okay. Yeah. Um. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, was asked about it. He said that there's a lot of diehard Jaguars fans that this is very important to them. He said, would I do it personally? No, I wouldn't. But fans feel how they feel, but it's hard after this year. Uh, I get the frustration. Uh, the movement started on social media, where all big movements do now, uh, when users changed their Twitter avatars to the clown emoji drawing Khan's signature mustache. Uh, and now fans plan on attending the game in rubber red noses, face paint, and wigs. We'll see if they actually do it. Wasn't there a thing a couple years ago about killer clowns? Oh, God, yeah. There was a, that's because there was two clowns in two different cities that shot people. One, I, 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 If I remember correctly, there was one clown. It was right around Halloween. I remember this because there was a clown that came, we were doing the uh, Halloween party at Stenny's and there was a clown and this guy was freaky looking and he came in with a bag that resembled a, a head in it. I mean, the thing was like dripping. I don't know what was in it. I don't know if it was ketchup or what it was, but it was like dripping all over the floor. It was, it was believe me, there was every eyebrow in that place raised towards it. And the guy didn't come in with anybody. He just came in and walked around and freaked everybody out and then left and then came back about midnight and then left again. But, yeah, there was uh, the, the killer clown. There was a couple of different clowns that had killed people. I think one shot somebody and the other one stabbed somebody, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look it up. But it was it was like a couple of different clown incidents where all of a sudden the, quote, killer clowns were out in, in force. So, I feel bad yeah. for the people in the clown profession that actually get paid to be a clown, but still, I mean, I don't I'm scared of all of them, I feel like. Well, clowns anymore. It used to be clowns were regarded as these happy, silly, funny, 
you know, shtick people. And they have been, because of horror films and the way that they have been um, in, in like, the uh, black ink culture with tattoos and such, and, I mean, they've been almost demonized as, you know, just these evil forces. And, I, I mean, I get it, I, but tell me the last time you saw a really happy clown. I've been scared it, of them my whole life. They don't exist. Right? It's usually been um, these scary-looking evil clowns that you see lately, and especially in movies, in movies or television shows. And then the demonizing of them a couple of years ago during the... Uh, I, and I can't remember if it was one or two clowns or who it was. But, um, but yeah, there was... I think it was a couple that... A couple of clowns that had committed murders in different areas of the country. You know? I mean, the last clown that I... I you know, going back to a Seinfeld reference, the last clown that I think I can remember being on television that was like happy was going back to the years of Bozo. And wasn't that wasn't Bozo on what was it WGN I think years ago? I think it was, but I think it was Bozo. I, I think it was WGN, and that was the last you know daily show with a clown on it that I can remember. And that's dating myself. That's going back years and years and years. But yeah, killer clowns, man. So what? So you now work, you got. So you work security ahead. at the Jaguars game this weekend. What do you do? Nothing you can do. You just. Say okay. Talk to you later. Go ahead on in. As long as they're not carrying in knives and stuff, what do you do? Because you can't. This is where, it, like, like on airlines. Okay, the reason I'm allowed to take a carry on and a great big uh, backpack, even though I it's not a purse, is because women get to carry these giant purses. <coughs> Had it been limited to just one bag, and the purse being just that bag, that's all we would get on a plane. So, in fairness. You have to allow all these bags. Same thing with going into a stadium. If you're going to make me take off my wig or fake hair, don't you have to do the same for women through gender equity or vice versa? I didn't think about it that way. That, I mean, that's the well, I think about lawsuits. I think about where things can go. <laughs> if you're going to make me take off my fake hair and my nose or any makeup, then you have to do the same thing for women, right? Or a guy with a toupee. So where does Erlacher's hair restoration fall on that spectrum? I don't think his hair falls anymore. I think they sewed it to his head. <laughs> what does Erlacher and Lambeau Field have in common? The grass is sewn to the turf. That's that's why. Or the turf is sewed into the ground. Same thing with Erlacher. They sewed it to his head. There you go. Yeah. I would, you drive around Chicago on the Beltway, all the way around that place, and uh, – and and you see Erlocker and who's the other one? I think it's Steve Stone or no Ryan Sandberg. Ryan Ryan Sandberg. Oh, I was there Ryan last Sandberg. weekend. Everywhere. Yeah, you see those two guys everywhere with hair restoration. Everywhere, it's hilarious. I'm like, I don't remember Erlocker being that bald. I don't remember him having like no hair, like where he was just the Chrome Donius. You know, I don't remember that. But. And I don't remember Ryan Sandberg being that bald either. I think they have a little, uh, little, little hair touch up on that on that billboard as you drive around the Beltway around the city. They call it O'Hare Airport. Just really oh, frustrates God. me. Right, that's yeah. the new one. O'Hare, yeah. <laughs> now you flew out of O'Hare to go back to Philly, right? No, I was out of you Madison. Didn't. No, there's a there's oh, okay. a direct out of Madison. I think it's one of the only really? cities in the country. 
Philadelphia wow. is where it goes. Who knew? Who knew? Amazing. Yeah, we had to go to Chicago to fly to Boston or fly into a Rhode Island because there wasn't any direct flights to Rhode Island out of Milwaukee when we went to the East Coast. So we had to, we had to drive down to Chicago. But I, I go through Chicago anyway when I go back to Cincinnati when I had to go back to my dad's funeral. And yeah, the, those but those billboards have been up for a while. It's not just recently, but it, for a while those billboards have been up for the hair restoration. I don't know how we got on that, but but yeah. So that that's the reason that you would if you're a security agent at the Jacksonville Jaguars game this weekend, no big bags and bloody heads, but if you're going to dress as a clown, I guess come on in, right? As long as you can walk through the metal detectors, who cares? There you go. I uh, 877-867-1670. Head us up. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. There is one, there's the original, and that is the New Mel Medical Center. Others now have come along. As we know, you can see it on television almost every day, pills and creams and stuff that's going to be sent directly to your house. No doctor looks at you. They just make a phone call. Here you go. Uh, while the New Mail Medical Center with medical experts, doctors, helping guys with ED all over the state, well beyond the borders, across the country now. They've got locations everywhere. But they've got a 98% success rate, 98%. When it comes to energy or the brain fog, uh, maybe low energy, as I was stating, feeling sluggish, moody, just kind of up and down. Could be low T. If you're over the age of 30, you start to decline. And some rap more rapidly than others for whatever reason. So you can just stop in, get your numbers checked, and immediately start to feel better. Immediately start to feel better. Uh, then there's the all-in-one weight loss program or vitamins and supplements and things like that. Things they can put you on to just make your body operate the way it's supposed to. Uh, and if you've uh, gone through the COVID quarantine and put on the weight and you just haven't taken it off, they can help you jumpstart that. Or just getting into a new year. New year, new you. Check it out. My guys over there at New Mel Medical Center, Dr. Tim and everybody, they're at the one in the uh, Milwaukee location, but there's a location in Green Bay as well. For any location, tell them we sent you. It's 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mel Medical Center. Again, 414 455 Four four five one. So the Bruce Arians Antonio Brown saga continues. Now I just posted it over on um, the Facebook fan page. If you haven't seen it already, because Antonio Brown goes after Tom Brady's trainer, Bruce Arians, the Buccaneers. All of that gets released. He, he takes shots at everybody, and then Tampa Bay responds by saying, "Yeah, you're no longer with the team anymore." Then they release the fact that he was wanting all of his money guaranteed prior to the game this past weekend, and they said no. The $2 million worth of incentives, no, we're not going to guarantee that. And so he turned around then and had the meltdown, and they're saying it's based on money and anger and petulance, and he's using the ankle as an excuse because they tried to make appointments for him, and he wasn't showing up. He's saying that he wanted to use a different doctor, and they were forcing him to play with pain, and here we go. He's throwing everybody under the bus now. So Bruce Arians reacts to uh, everything that's been stated in the last, well, really about the last 12 hours out of the Antonio Brown camp. Here's what Bruce Arians had to say. Obviously, we let Antonio go today. Um, just to clear you up on some things that happened, at no point in time during that game did he ever ask the trainer or doctor about his ankle. 
He never went through. That's the normal protocol. You go through protocols during games. I was never notified of it. So, obviously, that was a, the disturbing thing when we were looking for him to go back into the game. All right, we always had uh, – he was very upset at halftime about who was getting targeted. Got that calmed down. Players took care of that. It started again on the sideline. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. Um, I then went back, approached him about what was going on. Uh, I ain't playing. What's going on? I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. And that's the, that's the, that's the end of it. And uh, we are work, we're working on Carolina. That's the end of the story. And um, hopefully it ends today. There you go. Bruce Arian said, look, the guy came to the sideline, didn't ask for medical help, didn't ask for medical attention. We wanted to play him. He refused to go back in. Get the F out of here. There you go. This is going to come down to who said what, he said, he said. Here's what the texts are. Here's what the information is. Here's what we did. And Antonio Brown's going to spend money through his agency and through the Players Association fighting for something. Uh, it, I, my assumption is is that whatever whatever money is owed obviously comes due because that's part of the contractual agreement. When you cut a player loose, you have to pay them. But I... I don't know what uh, what's going to come of this as Antonio Brown. The one thing he really has to realize is, and he doesn't, he's blaming everybody. He even blames his actions leaving the stadium on, quote, the trigger that was given to him by Bruce Arians. It's like, no. At what point does self-responsibility come into play? If you don't have it, you can't blame it on everybody else. I can't I, – I, 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 the argument of they made me do it, unless there's a gun to your head making you do something, they don't make you do anything. It's whatever your ability of self-control is. Uh, so anyway, that's going to come down to probably Players Association stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's going to be a, a blurb in a news article somewhere down the road. And then what Antonio Brown does not realize is, while his talent is good, he quit on a team. He's never quit on a team like that before, not mid-game. He did on this one. And to say that he would get another job, I would have to think that the chances for him to get another job in the NFL are probably 97% of me says no, he will never play in the NFL again. Never play in the NFL again. So there you go. Uh, this was from Mark who says, why isn't anybody talking about Tom Brady as the MVP? And I had a couple other on the uh, Bud Light live stream on this as well. Um, Brady is being talked about as the MVP by a lot. As a matter of fact, the uh, the race in Vegas is one and two, Rodgers and then Brady. There's Patrick Mahomes that's in the mix, uh, Joe Burrow that's in the mix, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford. Uh, then there's uh, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. Some of those guys are in the mix as well. Yeah, he's Brady is right there. It just it, – it it's – Brady, his overall play the last few weeks has tailed off a bit as opposed to Rodgers, who just keeps stacking success, not turning the ball over, and winning. And, oh, by the way, they're the number one seed in the NFC. 
So I, nobody's dissing Tom Brady because Tom Brady's had a hell of a year. I mean, a really good year, uh, even by Brady standards. I would not, uh, I would not diminish this season at all. But when you talk about the overall statistics uh, and leaders and such uh, in the NFL, while Brady has the most yardage, and, and there's no discussion about it. I mean, Brady clearly does. He's got quite a bit as, mar- as far as uh, you know, over Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady's thrown for almost 5,000 yards. Rodgers has thrown for 3,900. He's thrown for just under 4,000. So you got 1,000 yards between these guys. Rodgers has played in 15 games. Brady's played in 16 games. Brady has 40 touchdowns but 12 picks. His completion percentage is 66.9. Aaron Rodgers is 68.6. He's thrown 35 touchdowns and only four picks. His quarterback rating is 11 points higher than Tom Brady, a quarterback rating of a 111.1, highest in the National Football League, as a matter of fact. 111.1. The guy that's got the second best quarterback rating in the National Football League is Joe Burrow, followed by Matthew Stafford. Jameis Winston was on pace until he went down. Then Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, then Tom Brady, who sits there at number eight. Just uh, just a, a little bit ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. So Brady's having a, a good season. Uh, by the way, even the QBR numbers, which is the adjusted numbers, that ESPN uses. QBR, it has uh, Aaron Rodgers 67.8, Tom Brady 66.7. So Brady's on his heels, but in many of the categories, Rodgers is number one or number two to Brady number one or number two. But completion percentage, yards per game, uh, touchdowns, touchdown to interception ratio percentage, uh, Rodgers has been sacked 27 times, Brady's only been sacked 21 times. Uh, but the quarterback rating, the QBR, and all that stuff gives the nod to Rodgers. So it's it's yeah, absolutely. Tom Brady belongs in that discussion. Would not discount that at all. Not at all. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, if you look, if you don't have that 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 bias, we'll say, who do you think should be winning the the MVP? You know, is it Jonathan Taylor? Is it Cooper Cup? Is it Tom Brady? Is there somebody else out there? You know, somebody like that. By the way, it was WGN that the Bozo Show was on. Bozo with uh, the sidekick was Cookie and another drunk cl- uh, clown. They would get kids from the crowd and toss ping pong balls in a bucket. I do remember that. I do kind of remember that. Yeah. There you go. I do remember that from years gone by. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue the discussion. We can get into that stuff. I don't I don't mind that at all. Don't mind that at all. We also, by the way, we got some guys to hear from coming up from yesterday, If you, in case you have not uh, been down this road just yet. Uh, we've got Kenny Clark, who we have not heard from yet, Devontae Adams, in the discussion regarding Aaron Rodgers and such and his willingness and want to to play this coming weekend. we got a lot coming up. We're not going anywhere, don't you? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice indoors, getting ready to face the Lions in Ford Field. Left tackle David Bakhtiari and rookie center Josh Myers, both able to participate in some of the individual drills. Yesterday, we told you about Chicago sports writer Hub Arkish, revealing why he has no intention of voting for Aaron Rodgers as the league's MVP this year. I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. They're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to the Chiefs game, you know, where he lied about being vaccinated and, you know, ended up not playing and they got beat. He ruined the entire offseason for that football team. They were left in jeopardy. They had no idea what they were doing. I think he's a bad guy. Rodgers responded. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. His problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade, come up with an an extra letter and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But... He's a bum. Last night, Argus tweeted an apology. In Detroit, Lions head coach Dan Campbell on what he sees on tape of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, everything that everybody else sees. He's a, he's a quick processor. Uh, he's got a quick release. He, he knows the game. I mean, he, he's a high-level thinker. And then, look, that defense is pretty good now. They're playing good football over there, too. So they're getting him the ball back. And then when you encompass that with a run game with Aaron Jones and those guys, I mean, it's... It's a tough team. Best Packers coverage on 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. How we look it on a Thursday. Creeping up towards the end of the week. Glad you're with us. Bill Michael's show continues on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We'll have more on that coming up. In the meantime, Devontae Adams asked, what would breaking the franchise record for receiving yards in a season mean to him? At the end of my eighth season now and just now approaching, you know, getting close to, you know, being able to potentially have a share of that record. So it would mean a lot to be able to eclipse that. I've achieved a lot. So, you know, my entire legacy and, you know, my mental isn't riding on that, but it's definitely an honor to be mentioned with guys like Jordy for sure. What's it going to mean to get Randall Cobb back in the field? Just having him back at practice has been just amazing. Having having a guy like that, his leadership, you know, just his juice out there. You see the way that he works, and it's it's kind of it's contagious. So you know, he he helps me with the with the younger guys. Just from from when he's been here, from when he showed up, it's been just so much more uh, relaxed for me. Just having more eyes, more veteran eyes on some of the guys. That's another guy we haven't talked about. It's Randall Cobb. He's kind of that, and I've always said he's kind of that safety blanket for Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that they're getting him back offensively speaking, uh, that's that's a very solid, quiet addition. Uh, in the meantime, one of the biggest problems for the Green Bay Packers has been the offense in the first quarter. What can this team do just to get a faster start, man? Just be intentional, come out, think about, watch the film, be critical about what we've done in the past, whether it be recent games or what we've done against them, particularly at four field, and just come out with some juice. I mean, that's really what it's about. If you got the juice and you, you come in, it's hard to get up for a, a one o'clock game. It's not easy. So you just come in, get ready, get your coffee, whatever it takes, and just kind of acknowledge that we haven't had the starts we wanted to lately, and especially in that field, and just come out and change it. Okay, so... Now the question is, and the term is meaningless, but uh, you know why play in a game statistically when it comes to wins and losses? 
it doesn't matter. The biggest part for me is just not being out two weeks before going into, you know, a heated playoff matchup. Just don't like having that type of time off going into a game like that. You know, obviously we're going to have a great team coming in to play us at Lambeau. So being as fresh as possible as far as, you know, obviously being fresh legs wise and all of that stuff, you know, we want to be there. But just kind of having things fine tuned a little bit, get out there on the grass a little bit, run around. Now, the one thing that you and I've said this before. You can't play not to get hurt. You can't think about it. Um, I know, you know, a lot of us sitting here with hindsight being what it is, we're, we're ready to point the finger to say, aha, you shouldn't have played that guy. But he's going into this saying, hey, look, you, you, you can't. You're just going to play football, man. You can't think about the other risks. Just not thinking about it too much. Obviously, there's, there's risk, but there's risk going to, you know, across the street. So at this point, you can't run from it. You got if you're scared, go to church and uh, just do what you got to do and yeah, we're not we're not thinking too much about it. Just want to keep the wheels turning and um, get ready for playoffs. And then he said, "Hey, look, uh, some of the guys that are right now coming off of that injured list, it would be huge to get some of these guys back. Having them back, it'll be amazing. It's it's done a lot for the vibe of the locker room. Just knowing that we can potentially be getting some of them, if not all of them, back. Yeah, we're all looking forward to it. Those guys have been working really hard to to get back, and it's a process. So I'm um, just kind of letting them take it as they need to to be able to come back and contribute the way they did before they got hurt. So uh, you got a lot more on getting ready, gearing up, getting that receiving yards, the single season franchise record. A little more of the uh, in depth discussion regarding that. It'll be great to achieve that. You know, it'll mean a lot to me. And, you know, just to be a part of history like that is a special thing. But like I said, it's not something that if for whatever reason, you know, everybody wanted, we just had to be shut down this week. If we, you know, I wouldn't run home crying about it. But, you know, being 20 yards away or 20 whatever yards away is, um, you know, it's, you don't see that every day. So you're a, you're a receiver in the NFL. The sixth one in NFL history, 600 catches, 8,000 yards, 70 touchdowns, first eight seasons. At some point, you have to start thinking about a gold jacket, right? It's obviously important just to be mentioned with those type of guys. I, I definitely recognize all those names you said. Um, those are some pretty pretty amazing players, and it's definitely something that's on my mind. I mean, that's where you got to start, right? I mean, I, I was saying it since 2017 that I feel like I'm the best receiver in the league. Now it's come to a, a point where, yeah, people can argue and have their favorites or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's become a real thing. That's just it. Uh, it's when you start, when you're, when you're uh, Devontae Adams, you are now looking at legacy. You're not only looking at wins and losses and Super Bowls and such, but now you're starting to look at legacy as the Hall of Fame, at least on the horizon, seems to become a very real thought, right? I don't take the field every single snap like, oh, I'm a Hall of Famer. Like, it's not like that. I'm not King Kong beating on my chest like I've, I've kind of alluded to before, but it's more so just the mentality. Like, everybody who has a gold jacket, they were a dog, and they, they obviously thought about that at some point. It wasn't like five years after they were done playing, you know, that, that thought just popped into their head. Like, they were, they were playing like it and feeling like it, and that's where it got to start. So here's the next question. Um, you know, going into free agency – you know, if, if indeed you end up hitting free agency, does it make a difference to land with a really good quarterback? I've played with the best quarterback to ever play this game. So it's been an amazing experience for me. You know, I, I like to think that I'm not the type of guy that needs to lean on a quarterback, but having a guy like him has certainly made my job easier and put me in a position to where, you know, if I didn't have a great quarterback, you know, I'd be able to go out and still make some, some catches and, and go, go ball out. So it, with all his knowledge, all his ability and such, uh, has he given advice to some of the younger guys, including a guy like, say, Alan Lazard? 
there's things you do in the off season, there's drills and all this. They always ask me for drills and I'm like, go run routes and run full speed routes because you do all these drills. I don't want you to be out there doing stuff that ain't going to translate to the game and help you as a, as, as a football player. We play football. We don't go put a bunch of drills on Instagram to look cool. We play football. Which is good advice. And he also, here's some, uh, some more of his message to Alan Lazard. You just have to be consistent with every single thing you do. And ever since we kind of had that talk and we actually talked after the game in the locker room and it was a pretty heartfelt conversation there too, where he kind of just thanked me for the, the way that I've been and, you know, the things that I've kind of instilled in him. It really made me a little emotional because it caught me off guard one and you could see how genuine it was and that there was a true appreciation for the type of hard coaching and hard love that, that we can't give. There you go. 